Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. How do we stay motivated in life and in business day in and day out? Very common question. There's no one answer though, but there are plenty of smaller ways to maintain a healthy and productive drive. As we'll learn today with our guest, James Stanley, who's the principal of a busy luxury architecture and design firm in New York. We had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. We got serious. And at the end of the day, there's some amazing lessons to learn on this one. Get ready. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliant Thoughts, a Success Magazine podcast. And today I've got James Stanley with me. He's out of New York. I'm in California. That's credible, dude. Both sides. We got it. We got it covered. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, thanks just for having me. I'm excited to, uh, to delve into life with you. Well, man, so much experience in design, architecture, uh, all these beautiful buildings and what goes into it. But I want to start somewhere else. I want to start with burnout because you're a business owner. And as a business owner, especially one that's that's successful like you, we've gone through that. And yeah. a lot of the times we just kind of brush it off and we're like, no, 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 you got to just work through it. Don't get burned out. Work harder, work hard. We hear that a lot. And yeah, yeah, yeah. how do you feel about just the word burnout and have you gone through it? I have gone through it. How do I feel about it? Dude, it's it is a it's, it's an awareness at this stage in the game. You know, I'm 55 or I'll be 55 in February and I've been around the block. And I come from that time where generation where working 24/7 was what you did. <laughs> and you know, if you work hard, you're going to achieve great success. That was the the motto that I grew up with in my home. You know, I come from a family business, so work ethic was number one. Everything else was in the backseat. And, you know, in your 20s and 30s, even some parts of your 40s, you can kind of do that. But when you start getting late 40s, 50s, at least for me, burnout was inevitable. I was working, I wasn't taking vacations, I was pushing my team, I was growing a business, and I started to burn out. I know what that feels like. I'm like, I'm not creative anymore. I'm not happy. I don't care what the check says, meaning the amount of zeros on it. <laughs> but don't misunderstand. I still care about that. <laughs> you still need it. <laughs> For sure. But burnout was inevitable. And there was a couple of times that I'm like, if I don't get out of town, I'm no good to anybody. And I can tell you now, I am an advocate for taking some time for self, recharging, traveling because it inspires me and it's it's a way to, to a different dimension, right? If we travel, we open the mind to different things, right? And I come back strong and new and I can give to my team and give to my family and give to my clients and give to self, right? Let's talk about what are some of the things you do to keep you going so that you have a little bit more harmony between work and life and the things that you love. What does that look like? Where do you go to? What do you gravitate to to kind of make you chill? Um, well, where do, where do I go? I go to self in meditation. 
I stumbled on meditation many, many years ago while I was partying in South Beach. When I was <laughs> meditation <laughs> and party don't usually go together, bro. Well, in the sense that, you know, I was coming out of a club, dude, at like eight, nine o'clock in the morning, whatever it was, shirt off, body beautiful, <laughs> walking down Lincoln Road in the late 90s, early 2000s, thought I was hot shit. And, you know, this woman walked up to me with this pamphlet and it was about Buddhism and about meditation. Mm-hmm. And I was searching for something. I really was. And through many years of studying, and I've studied all different kinds of variations of meditation and spirituality, et cetera, it just really, it really uh, changed my life, honestly, without any, you know, flim flam or, or fluff. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, when I get those days and they happen too often still, I go in, I do a little breathing, even if I'm in a meeting and I find myself coming off the rail slightly and getting agitated. I'll take a second and just collect my thoughts and my breath, calm Mm -hmm. the mind, and then refocus it very strongly. And it works, you know? And the more you're in that training mode, it's like training for work, training to run a company. We got to train how to calm the mind, right? Because the mind Mm -hmm. is perceiving all of this, right? The mind is perceiving whether something's negative or positive. And if we calm it, we can see clearly. It's like putting on a pair of glasses that don't work for you. They're the wrong prescription. If they are the right prescription, yeah, true. you see very clearly. You, you mentioned something, something there. What we have to train. Uh, what are your thoughts on training oneself as business owners or just in general on, on how to react to things not going the way you thought they should go? How have you gotten better at that? That's the million dollar question, right? A couple of things on my side, right? So age, you know, even though it sucks to get old, it sucks to get older. It really does. There's nothing great about it other than you start to learn how to not sweat the small stuff and see things Mm. a little bit more of reality instead of what you're perceiving the reality to be, right? So things are going to pop up and we're fooling ourselves if they're not, you know, the world's in chaos, literally. So things are going to happen. And we plan to get to work on time, but the traffic is bad or the train in New York is bad or whatever, yep. or the project you don't hit or the client meeting you don't hit on target or your financials are off. This stuff is going to happen. Mm-hmm. How do I calm the mind? I instantly, I, I'm not good at it. I still struggle with it, mm-hmm. but I have learned to look at the reality of the situation, not the way I'm perceiving it. I'm making a mountain out of a molehill usually. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. And if I'm calmly, if I step away from it, you know, or 30,000 feet, I'm looking down at it saying, you know, we've been here before. We know how to handle this. Calm down. And then from a clear mind, I could think of, okay, do A, do B, do C, we'll fix the situation. How much of breathing comes into that? Tons. <laughs> when I, I, I have been, this is, I can't believe I'm going to tell you this, but I've been in anger management. When I was younger, I first started you know, working for myself, which is a pain. If anybody started a business from the ground up, it's a lot of work, right? Yeah. And I used to like punch walls, dude, I'm not exaggerating. I used to have a wall right behind my desk and I'd turn around if something, whatever, and I just boom. And I remember I had an assistant and she looked at me one day with this fear. <laughs> Tristan, <laughs> I'd be I scared too, bro. I literally, I was like, I never want to see another human being reacting to me that way. Nothing is uh-huh. worth, nothing, nothing, nothing is worth that reaction. Right. So I knew that there was a situation, you know, I, I started seeing a therapist and kind of working yeah. through it. I went through meditations today. I'm much, I'm much older now. I don't get that to that point. You know, I react 
but I'm not reactive, right? And oh. I've learned that, you know, think from a, a clear mind, take a, take a breath. If you got to step away from it, get up from your desk, take a walk, come back. You know, I'll go around the block in New York if I'm really heated, or I'll go yeah. over to the West Side Highway on the water, clear my mind and come back. But if I'm with my team, mm-hmm. I literally go, okay, let's take a minute because I, I don't want to chew somebody's head off. And let's figure <laughs> out how we got here. And then and then I, I have it back in control. Um, but I, I'm not sitting there going, oh, I'm in control. It just goes and let it go. You know, yeah. um, we hold on to, you know, Tristan, if anything, is important in life. It's don't hold on to the luggage, right? We don't know how to let go. We we have these bags, whether they're LV or, or they're right off the rack, man. And we walk around with our suitcases every day from our past. You got to learn to let it go. And we say, oh yeah, I've let it go, but you're still carrying it. We're still trying to stay in control. You know, we're not in control. How do we learn to let it go though, man? Really face it in the sense that this is an issue I have. I've had anger issues, let's say, in my life. Mm-hmm. What are causing these? Really dig down, look in the mirror. At a certain age, you got to look in the mirror. You got to face it and say, this is what's going on, right? What do I need to do to get through this? And eventually forgive self because you're not forgiving others. You have to forgive yourself. And then you can move on. I love that, man. That is actually really true. It starts with us, right? Yeah, Individually. Correct. correct. Very, very yeah. good point. Yeah. What are some of the coolest projects that you've worked on? Now that now that we all know you've punched walls, right? <laughs> what are some of the amazing, cool projects that you've worked on that you're like, I'm I'm proud of that one? Several. Let's see. I think one that for me really sticks out. We were able to do the private floor at the Tiffany and Co. Uh, private showroom they have on the fifth floor. So it's there. It's there. Uh, you know the the fifty seventh and fifth. So we were able to come in and do a home collection, do some artwork, some really cool stuff. Um, the CEO at the time was a good client of mine, and uh, so that's kind of something. And then I had an opportunity to work on the Centurion in uh midtown which is i am pay famous world architect yeah he started a project we were i worked with his son sande pay and we kind of finished some lobby and some waterfalls and some water features and some really cool stuff there um interesting story i met trump before he was president many years ago in that okay. building because he was a partner in it i was really junior coming out of school they hired me to uh or junior starting my company they hired me to finish some work in there um and that is, that's a story for a whole nother time, but what a trip, man. I had to pull myself up with the bootstraps and try to make it. Um, and then now we're working on some really cool brownstones and townhouses, right? Okay. So we, we primarily, what, what, what's kind of interesting about my firm is that we are a true design build firm. So a lot of people throw that term around design build, but the difference is, is they're usually architect firms that do the design work, interior and architecture, and then they sub out the construction. We actually own the construction. So everybody's on payroll. It's the same team from architectural design, architect, interior design and construction. So we really handle a project cradle to grave entirely. Start to finish. Everything. Um, That's so cool. You know, it's it comes from years of banging my head up against a wall with subcontractors not following through, right? So I said, this is too much. Um, and I built JSD Construction and here we are. So yeah, one-stop shop is kind of what we do. Okay. I have questions on that one. But first, do you, do you cover LA or no? 
We do. We do projects in LA. Yeah. Some celebrity clients that I, for one, I can't mention, (laughs) but uh, we do some work there. And uh, actually, um, I think I'm coming out there for the winter to start some new stuff. Dude, I'm in Malibu. So, I mean, one of my friends just moved out here. They're remodeling their Grant Cardone, you know, Grant and Elena Cardone, Grant Uh and 10X. They just bought a $40 million home and they're, they gutted it and modeling it. So um, we need to stay in touch. So yeah, that would be great. Uh, I would love definitely that. do that. Yeah, uh, I have I a question add, about add a little New York flair to the <laughs> vibe. Dude, who doesn't need that? <laughs> who doesn't need that? I know I do. <laughs> I think it's I think it's super classy. I'm like, yeah. oh, that looks yeah. nice. Yeah, cool. But yes. Uh, question about the whole all in one from start to finish. Did you initially? think that that was something you wanted to do or did you grow into that out of necessity grew into it out of necessity tell me about the growth and how you found the right partners for that so i mentioned that i grew up in a family business and my parents ran an engineer construction company in la and i hated it i hated it i just wanted to draw and sketch and do cool shit and they were you know they they threw me in the trenches literally But I'm blessed for that because I learned so much. When I started off my design firm, it was interior and architectural design. So there wasn't a construction element in my business model. But I was on sites every day, arguing, pushing, <clears throat> listening to stories of the contractors. You know, and contractors, now I am one now. So I get a, you know, we all get a bad rep for that. But you got to show up. You got to put in the time. You got to be truthful and transparent, even though it's difficult, et cetera, et cetera. And one day after probably running a firm for four or five years, my accountant came to me and he's like, James, you know, you're always complaining about this. You're giving out this much overhead, get your license. You know, the construction industry, bring in a team, take it on. And I'm like, you know, I really don't want to start a whole nother company, right? I'm knee deep in this one. Well, when I did it, so I got licensed, pushed forward. I thought, oh, what a, you know, it's just a little construction company. It'll just be a branch of James Stanley Designs. Well, lo and behold, dude, I was running two companies side by side, growing one from the ground up, trying to continue. It was a lot of work. All right, hold on, because there's some nuggets there, because we've got entrepreneurs, solopreneurs listening to the Success Magazine podcast. When you're building these out, what were the biggest challenges that you had in growing both simultaneously? What, what, what did that look like challenge-wise? So at that time, I was pretty much a one-man show. I had me, I, had, I worked with another junior designer, and I had an assistant. So okay. I didn't have much of a team, and it was just okay. me, right? Now I'm trying to start a full-size you know, GC general contractor in New York City. And I was still struggling financially, trying to pull it all together. So it was a lot to undertake. I think two of the biggest things that I missed out on or I didn't get the memo. Number one, go to business school. (laughs) Figure out, take some courses, right? I know my world of architecture and design like the back of my hand. I can build anything. Mm -hmm. Art, that surfboard behind me, like I'm really into it. But Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to run a business, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and the financial parts of it, the HR parts of it, Mm -hmm. all things, yes, at some point you can hire people to do. But when you're starting out, you really need to know them, right? Oh, yeah. You know, I I remember sitting in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, and in a construction class, getting my license. 
And there was a person that came in to talk about how to run the business. What are your financials? What are your year-end goals? What do your P&Ls look like? And everybody was staring at this chick like they had no idea what she's talking about. And I'm like, oh, I, I know this. I got this. And I was shocked at how many people didn't know this. I wish I would have known it sooner. Trust me, because I wouldn't have spent 10 or 15 years going in circles and figuring it out. You know, how do we how do we shortcut this if we were in the same position you were in right now, listening in and saying we don't have the money? How can I shortcut this? How do I do it? Take some business classes, take, take a course, go to a community college, see what they're offering on how to run a business. There's this, the staples are the same in any business. You need to know your financials. You need to know your HR practices. You need to know, you know all of the insurance, labor laws, all of the things, unfortunately, that none of us want to deal with as business owners, yeah. but you must know them. I can tell you, do not rely on anybody to try to tell you that because I have gotten burned more times over the years, especially when I was a junior and I didn't know anything. Um, so don't rely on, you know, your accountant right off the bat, you need to know the basics and then you can start relying on people. Right. And unfortunately, if you don't have the the money to back a payroll, you can't bring in these really top tier professionals that I have. Thank God. Now in those days I was getting burned dude, left and right by people that accountants and bookkeepers that were screwing me over. I think that's that's a great point that people should listen to when it comes to the business aspect of this. This That's brilliant. Actually. Because when it comes to growth, when you, let's say you would have gone to some basic business class that gives you everything, you now have something to stand on and say, oh, this person can offer me something over here. I'll bring them in. Because otherwise, you wouldn't know. And there was a point when I didn't know. Tristan, there was a point when I was running, when I first started the construction company and I was relying on uh, this bookkeeper slash accountant, he you know, other than telling me, maybe we should start this business. It was a bad idea for him to be involved at all. And I didn't know better. And I was so busy working and so busy looking down. I wasn't looking up to see where are we going? I was focused on the day to day to day to day down here. And there's a difference when you look up and you have a 360 view, but it takes experience or schooling or something to do that. You know? All right. I I think going through this and now being where you're at, how much of it, and I don't think that we, we can quantify it. So I'm just, it's just a, it's just a, a question, man. See how you answer it. How much of where you're at has to do with skill and tenacity, persistence, right? And how much of it has to do with you were just at the right time at the right place doing the right thing? 75% of it was persistence. 25% was just right place, right time. Nice. So luck, right? Or blessing, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Again, we talked about, I come from a generation where, you know, you had to beat it. You had to work 24 hours a day in order to be successful, right? Yeah. And I did that for the first 10, 12 years of my career. I just worked 24 hours a day. So I, I never gave up, you know, and New York's a tough town. I would say a little tougher than LA in the sense It's probably that- the toughest town, dude. <laughs> I've been there. I've worked there and I'm like, mm, I don't oh, think- Oh, cool, know. cool. Yeah. So you get it, right? So, you know, that adage, you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. It sounds like it cliche, but it's, if you give it 110, yes, you got to open a door and somebody has got to be standing there and it's got to be the right opportunity. Otherwise you're going nowhere. But if you give up and you don't constantly hit it 24 seven and give it your all, you're never going to open that door. How did you continually have that mentality to say, I've got to keep on at least making myself better so that I could be ready for these opportunities whenever they come. How did you keep that mindset? I'm still there today. I'm still doing it every day. I can't, you know, listen, I got to 
you know, give props to my mom. She was a really tough broad and business entrepreneur, started many businesses from the ground up. And she taught me survival skills, work 24-7. And I took that to heart. It's in my DNA. So I, if I can't give something 110%, I will not do it. And if I know, if I tell you, Tristan, I can do this, whatever this is, you can take it to the bank. I'm going to do it. And I pride myself on that, right? So I've always been that way. I tell my team members, I tell interns that come work for me, give it your 110. If you're not going to give it 110, you're in the wrong business. You don't continue, right? If you're going to give it 110, then do it and keep doing it. And the opportunities will arise. Keep your eyes open for them and try to make them happen in a sense, but uh, give it 110. If all else fails, work. (laughs) <laughs> work, your, work your ass off. That's what I'm hearing, man. That's what I'm hearing. You know, but in the sense of, again, I'll say it again, I'm 55. I have a few big goals that I still want to accomplish before I kind of just coast through life. Another 10, 15 years of banging it hard against the wall. Mm-hmm. I will not feel good about me mm-hmm. in the material sense, unless I give it 110%. If I do something that's, oh, that's good, but it's, I know I can do better and I don't, then I'm never going to reach that platform that I want to. And if I don't reach it, let's say I don't, I know I can go to bed and I'd say, do it. I give it everything I have. It didn't work out. You got a deal. I like that a lot. You're not married to the outcome completely. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we can't control the outcome. I just got to put all of myself into it. That's true. Then you'll know that, hey, I, I did, I did my best. And a lot of us fear that. A lot of us fear giving it, giving it your all. And and failing or not failing, just not getting where you thought you'd be, right? Yeah. So I have a dear friend. That is so funny you mentioned that. We had dinner the other night and I'm hearing all of this and I I didn't get knee deep into it because I, be honest, I didn't have the energy. I know this guy for many, many, many years and I've been through this road before. And I'm like, I wanted to say, you're just afraid of not getting where you want to go. So not applying self is an easy way out. So true. It's easier to say, I could have done, I could have been there. Yeah, exactly. If I had pushed myself, I'd have done it, but I didn't. Yeah. You know, and and you know what? Another thing, Tristan, I think with that is, I think in our world today, especially, we put, and I may sound that way, too much emphasis on what success is. It means something different to everybody. It doesn't have to be a business, career, money. It could be success in your family, in your Uh spiritual endeavors, in your humanitarian efforts. Whatever success means to you, that's what you got to go for. And it doesn't mean that it has to be a career nine to five or whatever. You know? Yeah. But I think different stages in life too. Beyond. Beyond. Because it changes. If you're not, I have reinvented myself more times than you could possibly imagine. Um, <laughs> getting a little tired of it. Bet, <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, but you just kind of, you know, that what success means to me today is is a little different than it was 20 years what is, ago. What does success look like for you right now in your current situation? Being a great person, being a spiritual being, having a human experience, right? So I want to leave something behind that is not the business, but that I helped people, mm. that I eased their pain, right? Because we're all suffering. I don't want to, we don't have to get into all that, but, you know, I want to help and I want to leave this planet knowing that, you know? I like that, man. So in, the impact of you being here, right? On other people. Correct. I like Correct. that a lot. Well, we're doing that right now. So thank you for that. Exactly. Well, thank you. What better way to spend my time mm-hmm. than, if, you know, if we're making paper, this is so much better. 
right? Because we're helping at least each other in communication and, and whoever's listening or will listen, right? So I always think these are like masterminds, man, because, uh, you know, we just dig deeper and, and get to a point together. It's like, oh, I didn't see it that way. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. I love that. All right. Tell me about Tiffany and company and also the Centurion where you get to work with these these amazing companies, but still they typically require a lot more from anyone they're going to work with. What did that look like on the preparation side for you mentally and, and just showing up? So I'll uh, tell you a funny kind of story about the Centurion. So prior to having, no, maybe not, maybe it was just during the birth of JSD construction, but so prior to me having the contract and getting in the door, putting it in my mm-hmm. feet in the door, a friend of mine, a broker, a real estate broker, asked me if I was interested in putting a proposal together on designing parts of the, the project. And I said, oh my God, yeah, da, da, da. You know? <laughs> yeah. So this was, this was pre me having a team. I had an assistant that was part-time at that point. I was working out of my apartment in Hell's Kitchen, which was not cute. <laughs> this was back. A long yeah, time ago. Before it was nice. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know if it's nice now, but it was better. It was well, not as good as it is now, rather. So anyway, you know, she calls me up. I said, yeah, I'll do it. So I meet with them. And visually, she, you know, she takes me through the building and, and I'm going to put a proposal together to design and build the model apartments in this INPay building. And she walks me through these different layouts. I got it all down. It's all in my mind. I go back to my apartment. I spend three days putting together a storyboard, a physical storyboard with, you know, drawings on it. Back in those days, I used to draw. Today, everything's done on the computer. Yeah. So I do all this stuff and I put these boards together. And she says to me, well, can you meet me? And I want to look at the boards before you present them to the developer and the board of directors. Yes. Walk into her, her place. I take my little boards. I'm walking in. I put them down. Long story short, she hated them. She thought they were unprofessional, right? Mm-hmm. She said, do you have any idea who you're going up against? Three of the top firms in New York City. She said, oh. they're doing digital walkthroughs. And at that point, virtual digital walkthroughs were just starting to hit the market. I didn't have the money or the technology. I didn't know. Well, I knew of them, but I, I couldn't do them, right? So I'm like, you know, this is the best I can do. I left their tail between my legs, left the appointment. The actual you know, meeting and presentation was the very next day. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go. Right? She told me not to go. Oh, whoa! She's, she's going to let these other companies present. Okay. So they present. Halfway through the presentation, she calls me, and she says, "Can you get your butt into Midtown now?" Tristan, thank God I was dressed well. I was decked out, had my blazer on, hair was looking great. Like I looked like a million bucks. I dude, grabbed dude. my opportunity. You were you were ready for the opportunity. I really yeah, was. You, you know. I took my, I think I had a pad and paper, no assistant, nothing. And I run over to the building, to the Centurion. And I get into the elevator and they're leaving. So this team is leaving. And oh, I passed I pass yeah. that in the lobby. And who's in the elevator? Donald Trump and the developer with uh, Sandy Pay. And I'm looking and I look and I'm like, oh my God, I'm thinking, what am I, what's, you know. <laughs> wait, wait, like, wait, what year was this? Two eight, two nine, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Wow. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So I'm in the elevator, and Trump leans over to me and he goes, "Oh, so you're the kid from Miami?" 
So I said, yeah, I, I'm Mr. Trump. I've worked in Miami Beach and I've worked in LA. He goes, well, what have you done in New York? I said, well, you know, I'm just starting out. I did, a, you know, I did a project here. He goes, well, those are all residential. He goes, I'm looking for something. Wow. Where's the wow factor? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, when you give me a chance, you're going to see a wow factor. Doesn't say anything developer, he starts asking me some questions. He knew that I worked on some hotel lobbies in South Beach on Collins and Washington, la, da, da, told him, yeah. So then we get off the elevator on a different floor that the few days before my contact had walked me through. So I was totally a fish out of water. Like I okay. didn't know where we were going, right? Because right. I already had visualized what my pitch was in yeah. this one. Anyway, walks me in. So Trump walks me around. He goes and does his thing. So does the developer. And the unit was horrible. When I tell you the worst built unit I've ever seen, I'm like, oh, what am I? I got to do magic. All of a sudden, I go into me and I'm telling them a lot of that. So Trump asked me, he goes, if you could design the best unit in this building or the worst unit, which would you choose? And I said, well, of course, the worst unit, because I really got to work at that one. If you're going to see who I am and I can pull that off, then I can do anything. And he says, that's the right answer walks out the door. Oh, crap. You're hired. Literally 30 minutes later, I get a call. And they're telling my contact, we love James. We don't know if we can afford him. (laughs) Whoa. And I was like, okay. So I did my wait, job. Wait. Did you pitch? Did you pitch the the cardboard drawings or that? No, no, no. I, well, I I took so I didn't bring a visual with me. I walked them through, which I'm pretty good about doing with clients. Yeah, walking yeah. through my vision, and they were blown away. So I That's got the nice. job. I did it. I had offices in the building for seven eight years. So it was a good relationship. All right. What did you learn from that encounter? Because that's a watershed moment in your business and in your life. What was learned? That I can do it. Believe in self. Go for it. Give it 110 and believe in self. You know? Dude, do you have a TikTok channel? I would would love to to just follow you on TikTok with your story. That's like I I do. We do Instagram, but I don't do TikTok. Maybe I should. I don't know. The you know, I'm a story guy. I tell stories if you can't tell. Yeah, I could totally tell. I love it. Tell me the story behind the surfboard. For those of you watching, uh, listening only, James has got a surfboard on his right. And I think the base color is black. Is that a dragon? It is a dragon. So it's Shenlong. So we did a series of them. Uh, and the other side is super cool, right? And we hand painted it. And I was, so this is an anniversary present for my partner, but I was going to make a line of them. Uh, and some really cool ones. And then I, you know, got distracted, but it was, it's still in the back of my mind as a part of a, a product line. It's an actual surfboard. We bought some used surfboards, right? And then we, you know, acrylic it, uh, did some lacquer coating on it, some gold leafing. Dude. Yeah. Is, it, is that your new business coming up? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> product lines are going to be part of it, you know? So yeah. That's beautiful, man. That Thank is you. beautiful. Thank you. Thank Great you. job. Yeah, we have we have some cool, you can't really see, but maybe one day you'll see some stuff in here. If you're ever in New York, Tristan, you have to come by. I, I'm going to hit you up, buddy. I'm going to yeah. hit you up. I was at, I was at the Facebook headquarters recently. So we go, we go in and out. So okay. Okay. definitely. All right, dude, there's this lesson about that you can do it. The confidence that it takes to just step into, step into who you are. How did you how did you get there in the first place? Because a lot of us don't ever feel like we can do things and they kind of we go back to the whole fear thing, right? How do you continually keep as you're growing, not where you're at now, as you're growing, how do you find that confidence 
Oh, wow. Interesting question. I study astrology and I am a cancer rising. So cancer rising means that there is some fear in my right. kind of DNA, right? So I know what it's like to work from a place of fear, Ooh, but the, yeah. the place you should never work from is fear, right? So mm-hmm. it's always a conflict within me still to this day. You know, I'll, I'll doubt myself rarely, uh, but I do, right? When I was younger, I just went for it. You know, I really had a grip on, I think my mother throwing me into the trenches as a kid, and I'm talking 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, really throwing me on sites after school, working in the shop, in the office. And and she wouldn't hand anything to me. She's like, figure it out. And I would, right? So I built up this confidence in Mm. self that I would, my brain would work and I'd have to figure it out. And I'm also an only child. So I was always kind of alone figuring out how to do do things. So that's helped me in my career and, and building the confidence. Yeah. I just kind of put Actually, it that, on. You answered yeah. that question perfectly, man. I think I, I, I agree with you. I think being, you were thrown into, into experiences and situations where you had to figure things out. Right. And okay. I think a lot of us don't place ourselves in challenging situations to allow ourselves to figure it out and build that confidence. Agreed. No, no. Totally. Right, so let's talk a little bit about failure because I'm I'm assuming also when you were thrown into these situations, good things wouldn't happen all the time. How did Not you the handle time. the times you didn't achieve what you wanted to achieve? Can I tell you still at this stage of my career, if I really apply myself to a project, meaning not... Uh, Let me be clear. If it's a project that's really one that I want and I really want to have this experience for whatever reason, I put 110% into it myself outside of my team. Like I'll do every drawing, I'll do every model presentation, I'll look at, I mean, every detail I'm involved in. And if we don't get that project, I am devastated for at least a day. At least today, I'm walking around with my tail between and I'm cursing under my breath and I'm, (laughs) you know, the positive thing is, like I said, I give it everything, right? So I still get upset, not just mad, but I feel less than. And that's not a cool space for any human being to be in, right? But I feel like, you know, I'm just not good enough. And it, it's they're fleeting, but yeah. it, it does happen, right? In my younger days, I had a lot of failure as well. I had a lot of great things happen to me. I have to tell you that I was—I I have a pretty good win ratio on projects, especially in my younger days. Like I would really crank it up, you know, to the to the tenth level and really blow people away. But occasionally, people would say to me, "You know, you don't have enough experience, or mm. you haven't built anything in this genre." Uh, Or this, you know, you haven't been in the Hamptons and you can't build, or you haven't done a project on Park Avenue or whatever the case may be. And I would lose a project because of it. Or I was too out of the box with, you know, the surfboard that's tricked out, you know, and, and I would take it personally. And then I finally figured out, Tristan, at some age, this is me. This is the vision. Mm -hmm. And if that client can't appreciate that, then I'm sitting down with the wrong client. I love that, dude. You went from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, kind of what Carol Dweck says in the book Mindset. Yeah, 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 correct. That's interesting, man. I I love that approach. And a lot of us aren't there yet, listening in. A lot of us are not there where we're like stuck and still feeling like, still feeling sad and we don't let that go. And it just pushes on to the next day, to the next week, to the next month, and we can't break out of it. 
I give myself a day, not exaggerating. And I, I can, I can, you know, wallow in it for a day. Oh, poor is mm-hmm. me. I didn't get the project. I didn't get the opportunity to present. I didn't get the whatever. And then I let it go because I, I know my skills when I'm in the zone mm-hmm. uh, and it's the right fit. Cause you know, obviously not every job, not every client, not everything is the right fit. And you can't take all the carrots. You know, when I was young in my career, I wanted every project and every kind of exposure. I didn't care everything. what it was, everything. Now I can say, you know, I literally told my team the other day, a very influential client. And I said to them, you know, you need to go back and say, we're probably not a good fit for you. And you should, you know, go to another firm, not arrogantly. It's just not good. You know, we're not, we can see that they don't see the value in in my team and my firm. And hence there's no sense of sitting to a table, you know, now they're going to be sad for a day. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Yeah. At least contemplate it for a day, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's going on? Why? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. When you're in this day or few hours of like, damn, I didn't get it. I'm not good enough. All that. Do you gravitate to like a box of donuts or Cinnabon? Where do you go to? What's your weakness? You know, I don't really have any vices that way. Like food's not a vice. Alcohol's not a vice. Drugs, you know, any of that. Uh, back in my day, it would have been sex, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other podcast, man. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but uh, today it's just, you know, I uh, I usually walk. If I'm really, if it really Ooh, puts me like in a situation, I go for a walk. You know, and New York, there's so many distractions that it's easy to lose myself in them. But yeah. my point is to to contemplate, you know, what is it that's coming up for me? Why am I upset? Why is it bothering me so much? I know what a reflection. To, I have to. If I'm not, if I'm not aware of that and start reflecting, contemplating, then you know, then it's just gonna it's gonna compile onto the next thing. You know? Dude, I love that. I love that that reflection piece. Do you find that you consume new information more through reading, podcasts, YouTube, what, what, watching, listening, reading. What does that look like for you? Watching, listening, I think. I used to love the feel of a newspaper in my hand, but I can tell you I haven't picked up a newspaper in years physically. And then, you know, I usually read the news on my Google <clears> first thing in the morning, whatever on my device. But I really seem to, I'm a visual guy. So Mm -hmm. visually, I love the platforms that are visual because I, if they're speaking, I just get it that much clearer. I see it that much clearer. You know, I can absorb that much faster, you know? What do you gravitate to in the mornings to read or to listen to or watch? First thing I do is get, I'm on my iPad and I, or my phone and I go to Google and I just go Google news and see what's happening, top oh. you know, stories around the world. And then I go to local news and they're really, I already set my like filters so I can breeze through the kind of the world in like literally five minutes uh, and then cool. listen to. So during the day, I don't really, unless it's something super important, I don't really plug in that sense. Sometimes mm-hmm. around lunch, I will check some of the social media platforms to see what's going on. Um, and then definitely at night before I go to bed, I usually check my socials to see what's happening oh, with everybody, nice. you know? I like that, man. How do you, how do you find that you keep yourself plugged in enough to keep on evolving and growing? Interesting. For me, it's going to meditation classes, right? So for me, that's how I plug in. Um, it's kind of unplugging from worldly distractions and plugging into self and awareness and contemplation, all of that. And I do it weekly. 
I try to meditate three to five times a week and I go to a class once a week, usually on a Sunday. And I got to tell you, dude, I come out feeling so charged in a different way than you can imagine. And yeah. it, it really helps me plug into other things because I see them a little clearer. That makes a lot of sense. You, you just got rid of all the noise. So everything's correct. Clear. Correct. Exactly. I see exactly. that. Definitely. Yeah. Where would we go and find out more about you on social websites? Where do we go? jamesstanleyny.com is the website James and stanley ny new york NY. and it's the same for instagram james stanley ny okay like there's two kind of outlets soon tiktok i hear you know yeah. <laughs> thanks to you messing. i'm just messing <laughs> thanks to you dude it's outperforming it's crazy but it's outperforming instagram 10x it's it's crazy isn't that insane you know well listen it's all of this is new to me as far as you know the and I've, we've only been doing social for like the last couple of years i was late to the party and you know everybody's drunk and going home already and i'm just showing up but thank god i showed up <laughs> yes you know? that's so good. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get on it you know what is your where does your current team look like as a whole because you've got this all-in-one platform where you're covering a3 what does the org chart look like at the top so we have a director of ops that is under me, and he has a really an extensive background in interior design and construction. And mm-hmm. then under that is two senior project managers that run projects, one from the construction side and one from the architectural design side. Oh, I like that. You know, because uh, they're kind of st- different skill sets. And then under that is architect and draft person. I like that, dude. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Under... So the two project managers that are separate, right? One for construction, one for design. Do each one of those have their own um, like director of ops or people that they go to to kind of drill down everything? Or how does they that go? They go to my, <laughs> they go to the director of ops or they come down to architect slash drafter if they need some kind of assistance. Got it. Ooh, I like that, man. And then I kind of, uh, you know, sit on top of that. And, you know, I've got a couple balls in the air, right? Or a few balls in the air that I'm trying to finally understand the importance. I think you asked me a while ago, you know, putting a team together, the importance of that is something that go to business school or go to, you know, take some business classes, learn how to build a team. Because eventually it depends on your goals, if you want to be mom and pop or not. But eventually, if the company is going to be super successful, you've got to pull yourself out of it and run eyes wide open 360 not down mm-hmm. on the details because if you're going to get lost in the details, the company's not going anywhere. No, not at all. That, that I agree with you on that. So right now you're in a position to, to scale and grow this more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We're thinking of product lines, which is something I've always wanted. We make a lot of individual pieces, furniture pieces, art pieces, lighting pieces for projects. I'd love to put a collection together oh. and, you know, offer it somewhere. So That's we're kind of cool. put. I did some traveling recently, super cool to uh, the Czech Republic, and we talked to some porcelain and some crystal pieces p- vendors about doing, you know, tableware, uh, etc. That one-stop shop James Stanley experience where we do everything, right? So mm-hmm. that, you know, that is the next designing life, cool. as it were. You know, so it's the next evolution. I think of the firm. I like that you're going to need a uh, an e-commerce team. Totally. Your, yeah, 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 totally, totally. That's yeah, cool, yeah. man. I love this. Yeah. Great job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Great you. job, man. Well, you're you're easy to talk to, Tristan, man. You're like 
super chill, but very poignant and direct and clear. So thank you for that. It was a great conversation, but I, I took I took a whole bunch of notes. I see that. I learned some things too. And and I think we both live under a very similar philosophy. So that's why it was so easy to talk to you. I was like, oh, this is right down our I loved your Trump story, dude. That's oh, thank that's you. nuts. Thank I can't believe you, you guys pretty much negotiated everything in the in the, in the elevator, elevator. <laughs> like okay yeah i kind of i'm kind of i like this guy let's go back up yeah exactly exactly so nuts yeah. nuts mm-hmm. i have a few like that trust me <laughs> a few stories like that anyway thanks for doing this james i appreciate you man i had the greatest time thank you Tristan. those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today if you like what you're hearing drop us a review or just tell your friends this has been a success podcast Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.